Glory. Tongues is a sign for unbelievers too, so if any unbelievers are around you, just pray in tongues around them. Amen? <laughs> I remember when I first got saved, they take us on target runs in the men's program at Minnesota Teen Challenge, and they hadn't told me the rules yet because I had just gotten baptized in the Holy Spirit. And they, they would be angry at me because I'd be praying in tongues out loud in public, and no one had told me you can't do that. They said, if you're going to pray in public, just pray under your breath. So I did. I prayed under my breath, but hallelujah, nothing wrong with praying in tongues in public. You start praying in tongues in line at Target, it'll just clear a path like Moses in the Red Sea. They'll start looking at you like, oh my God, here we go. What if we got an alien? Yep, an alien sighting in Target. No, it's just, uh, just the heavenly people. I was reading in the Passion Translation. I found out you can get the Passion for your tablets in Takarta. And I got a new Passion Translation. They haven't done the Old Testament, but the New Testament, Psalms and Proverbs and Song of Solomon. So I'm reading out of 1 Timothy and uh, the Passion Translation. I've been really enjoying Brian Simmons' ministry. I listen to his little clips that he posts on Facebook every night and just get blasted. I just love how much he loves and he's just got such a pure heart. And I love his ministry. I highly recommend Brian Simmons and the Passion Translation. And so I'm reading out of his First Timothy translation and it says we're a colony from heaven. It basically says you're aliens in First Timothy in the Passion Translation. You're a colony from heaven. And it's true because the more deeply you go into the spirit, the more otherworldly you actually are. And you can't really hide that you're not a, a human being anymore. You know, you can't really hide behind your skin pretending to be humans. There's a point in your Christian maturity where the Son of Righteousness rises with healing in His wings that people see your, your wings, that people see your light, your beaming of the Son of Righteousness. There's a third heaven rock in you, the rock of ages, building on the solid rock of Christ in you. Jesus said, you're laboring in vain unless you build on the rock, and the rock is Christ in you. And you go from glory to glory by building on the solid rock. And it's a rock of fire. It's a son of righteousness. And the more you build, the more he becomes your internal reality that cancels and voids the, de the, the delusionary realm of the natural. It cancels and voids the natural realm. When the internal realm becomes more real than the external realm, that's when you begin practicing righteousness. Jesus never was aware of the natural realm more highly than the spiritual realm. He said, it's the Father in me. He was aware of the Father in him more real to his brain than the natural realm around him so he could meet every need around him. God meets every need. Human beings try, but really can't. Not even science can meet hardly any need. You know, There's millions of people with incurable diseases in the world that we haven't figured out how to cure. People are dying of cancer by the tens of thousands. But I'm telling you, all of that is healed when the internal realm overtakes your brain and becomes more real to you than the external realm. That's what righteousness is. We're coming into a time where we begin to practice righteousness. 
It's called Christian maturity. When we were infants in Christ, we had the gifts of the Spirit. We had the speaking in tongues, the interpretation of tongues. We had healings. We had miracles. We had signs and wonders. Uh, the book of Hebrews actually says even dead raisings are elementary things. I can't believe that, but it's in the Bible. Hebrews says that even the dead raisings and the raisings of the dead are elementary things. Hallelujah. And then we go on to what? Training in righteousness. Training in righteousness is actually transferring your brain from external stars into the internal star, the morning star. You read about the morning star, it's written three times in Scripture. Jesus Christ is the bright and morning star. And you read about in Malachi chapter 4, the Son of Righteousness rising with healing in His wings. And in Psalms 84 verse 1, God is a sun, S-U-N. God is a ball of fire, a rock of fire that we build upon. And that sun that we practice is not the light of the natural, but the light of the glory. The light of the supernatural, which created the heavens and the earth. The glory created the natural lights. He's the son of sons or God of gods, king of kings. Which, mean, which means when you begin to practice righteousness, all creation will bow to you. Because you're coming with the superior light. Now you're going to have conflict with Kabbalah. You're going to have conflict with those who practice natural light. And those who practice sorcery and magic arts, which is religion of the external sons that fell from the third heaven. You're going to have confrontation first with the fallen angels, but once you overcome it and bring your heart and mind above the realm of the dead, above the snake line, you're going to have tremendous peace with all men. It talks about Philippians chapter 3, verse 11, that I have become as the living amongst the dead, having been morally and spiritually resurrected out from among the dead, even while in the body. That you can internally be full of the third heaven and externally be on earth, but the internal realm is superior to the external realm so that you lord over every demon, every devil, every sickness, every disease, everything of the natural realm bows to the glory realm. The glory realm is so far superior, and we've barely touched the tip of the iceberg of God's capabilities. We really have. In 2,000 years of Christianity, we really haven't even touched this side of glory. This is the verse I want to share with you. Daniel 12, verse 2 and 3. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt and abhorrence. Verse 3. And the teachers and those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the sky. And those who turn many to righteousness, to uprightness and right standing with God, shall give forth light like the stars forever and ever. Every time you read about righteousness, as far as teaching and learning it, there's always a star or a sun involved in it. And it's a mystery. Because truly, God is a star and God is a sun. So in order to practice righteousness, you actually have to tap your brain into a solar system. And religion is what fights the solar system of His glory. Religion says, there's something in the natural realm I can practice that's good, that's a good thing to do. That's what religion is. It's the external goodness. Internal goodness is third heaven. External goodness is second heaven. Okay? And you read about in the book of Revelation that the dragon's tail swept one-third of the stars. Those are suns. 
Freemasonry is the practice of the second heaven suns, George Washington prophecy, and with the light of a thousand suns, S-U-N-S. It's all about Kabbalah, sorcery, magic arts. It's all religion. Religion is practicing all the lights that fell from heaven of the external natural realm. Religion is a natural phenomena. But being born again is a supernatural phenomena that starts in your spirit because God is spirit. So when the morning star, 2 Peter chapter 1, rises in your heart and your day begins to dawn, it's because your brain has repented of external religion and is ready to practice righteousness. Moving beyond infancy in Christ to the practicing of the star of the sun of the third heaven. Christ, our righteousness. The righteousness of God in Christ. Now, now righteousness is a different solar system. So anyone who begins to practice true righteousness, I mean, how about this for an example? Lot in Sodom. Jesus Christ talking to Lot. If I can find a hundred men in Sodom that are righteous, I'll save the city. And it goes windows down all the way. If there's even ten, if there's ten men that practice righteousness in Sodom, I will spare the city. It wasn't. And I tell you the truth, that is how it is now in Christianity. Those who practice the righteousness of the internal sun. Now, how do we shine ever brighter to the full dawn of day? All these examples from the Bible of the sunrise and an, an eternal sun, an internal sun. It's all about coming out of the natural into the glory. And it's a gradual phenomenon of going from glory to glory because the brain can't handle just the sudden shock of from total darkness of external lights, which are called gloom. The Bible actually calls them gloom. Beware that the light in you is not darkness, Jesus Christ in the red letters. Beware that the light in your souls is not the external lights because it's actually gloom. It's darkness. Jesus Christ told you that. So the internal light is the true light of the world. And Jesus said, while I'm with you, I am the light of the world. And we are a city on a hill. We're a city of light. But that light is not of the suns that fell from the third heaven. It's not second heaven. It's not natural. It's supernatural third heaven light. Zion is a city of third heaven light that rises in our hearts as chief of all the mountains in the last days. Zion is a mountain and Zion is a city. You read about heavenly Jerusalem in the book of Revelation and you read about Mount Zion in the book of Revelation. You read about Mount Zion in the book of Isaiah rising as chief of all the mountains. You read about the seven mountains of the book of Revelation. Those are natural mountains that you have a queen of Sheba or a, a woman of adultery that sits upon and rides the seven mountains. That's religion. That's the second heaven's sons that fell from heaven where humanity is in covenant with external fallen angel lights, the angels of light that deceive with religiosity with practicing Christianity of the brain and the hand, Christianity of the, of the flesh and the blood, in the nature of the fall, instead of Christianity in the resurrection and the life, in the nature of Christ, which comes from within. So it's a revolution of external to internal. It's a star war. It's always been about star wars. It is. Angels are called stars in the Bible nearly every time they're mentioned. You know, and Paul says in Romans, and star differs in brightness compared to other stars. So not all stars are the same, and you can go from different degrees of brightness in the internal intimacy that you have with the bright morning star, and that's how Christians grow in the light of salvation. Based on intimacy or walking with the Father in the coolness of the day, in the glory cloud. 
in the realm of His glory. And glory is grace. And grace is a star. And if we want to begin practicing righteousness, we have to disconnect from external stars and connect to the internal star. And there can be no mixture. There can be no mixture. If there's mixture, we're getting struck by the suns that fell from heaven. Revelation says, And the sun shall no longer strike their heads. And Isaiah 4, 4 says, And the canopy of the dome of His glory shall be a canopy from the striking of the scorching heat of the sun. It's the protection of the second heaven's suns that fell from heaven, the natural light of religion that strikes people's brains. With condemnation, not good enough, I didn't do enough stuff, I, did, I disobeyed, I'm not walking perfectly, and feeling yucky all the time. Performance-based light instead of grace-based light. They're different solar systems. One's based on this world, which is religiously fallen, and the other one's based on the third heaven that's never had a bad day in eternity. So you're coming out of the world into the kingdom of heaven, totally set apart in all your inner man. And as your inner man awakens by revelations, literally solar flares coming out of the sun of righteousness, no longer limiting God to doctrines and theologies of human ideologies, but now fully sacrificed to the living God in living fire, in the burning heat of His presence. You know, there's an altar before His throne. Revelation chapter 5, it's called a golden altar. And we're supposed to be living sacrifices. What are we sacrificing in order to die daily? Our human nature. We're actually sacrificing our blood and our bloodlines. So there's no ancestral curses, no familiar spirits that of mom and dad passed down to us. Amen? Because we have a new family by the spirit of adoption. We cry, Abba, Father. It is written. And then we sacrifice our souls to His soul because we don't operate in our soul. We operate out of the mind of Christ. And the mind of Christ comes like a mighty river. Revelation 22 verse 1, I saw God the Father and I saw the Lamb on the throne and proceeding from the throne of God and the Lamb is the river of life that sparkles. Do you want the river of life that sparkles? Because there's a counterfeit river coming out of the mouth of the red dragon in the book of Revelation. It's a religious river. People can be intoxicated on the blood of the saints by drinking that river. The intoxication of the blood of the saints is the, the self-efforts, the beast of the bottomless pit. The natural man trying to please God with its natural works. And even all of its thought life and all of its doctrines and all of its theologies. Every day I butt heads with people. Listen, people think you're nuts if you say that you don't have any theology. But does Jesus, does the Lamb on the throne have theology? Does the Lamb on the throne have doctrine? Does he have fire and glory? The seven blazing torches, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, and the spirit of the Lord are seven blazing torches. And it really burns up all man's attempts to understand God. That's really what stands in the way of experiencing God, is your knowledge about God. Every day we come up against that goat, I mean multiple times a day, and it's this pride realm of the fallen angels of external gnosis and knowledge of the second heavens, of I can know God and be good in my brain by filling my head with the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It's the curse of the fall, that I'm something in the flesh. Nobody's anything in the flesh. That was the old covenant, it's trying to be good in your flesh, and all you read about in the Old Testament is wars and genocide and, and absolute rebellion and disobedience on a level you could never imagine. It's, I mean, absolute abominations in the Old Testament of man's efforts to try to be good. The new covenant is Jesus, He's our goodness, He's our sacrifice, He's our river of righteousness, He's our brightness, He's our morning star rising with healing in His wings, He's, he's our healing power, He's everything. 
I mean, you, if you're not a Jesus freak of Christ in you, you know, I'm telling you, there's just nothing good about you at all. And that's what really humbles us is coming out of our pride that I'm something by what I know and by what I do. Identifying with the natural man instead of the inner man. And our inner man stays dormant. And our inner man, our spirit, is still forfeit to the external religious spirits of this world. If you don't value your spirit, guess what? Fallen angels will. And that's how they've deceived the whole nation and the whole world with the potent sorcery of Babylon the Great, is that we have not valued our spirit more highly than our flesh. And if your brain doesn't value your spirit, guess what? You're a prisoner to the red dragon. It's true. We deal with it every single day. People whose inner man is not more valuable to their minds because their minds are not renewed enough to see that God is an inner man. God is a spirit. John 4.24, God is spirit. Those who worship God must worship Him in spirit and in truth, which means you have to be connected with your brain to your spirit in order to walk with God. If your brain's not connected to your spirit and your brain's connected to your outer man, to your flesh, you're practicing religion. You're following the fallen angels of external sons practicing Kabbalah and magic arts. But when your brain's connected to your spirit, you're walking with the spirit because God is spirit and you know him in spirit and in truth for the pure in heart will see God. They'll see him right through their heart. Amen? The pure in heart always see God. It is written. And if you're not seeing God, it's because there's stuff in your heart. It's usually pride. Pride is the main blockage for people walking with the Father. Pride is all about religious knowledge and religious works. And it's so deceptive because it's filled the charismatic church with charismatic works and charismatic knowledge. I mean, every day a new book comes out. Every day it's like, how many works did you do? They're always boasting in signs and wonders. And there's nothing wrong with signs and wonders. But if it's about works, how many know it's not about Christ? <laughs> Amen? And I will, I will show you my faith by my works, but that's the Father in me doing the works. So if the natural man, if the soul is boasting in the works and it's not the Father in them, it's still disobedience and it's still pride. Because the gifts of God are irrevocable, it is written. So many people that have been given strong giftings haven't learned to still bring their soul as a burnt offering and a living sacrifice to the altar of fire of Revelation chapter 5 to give the Father actually the credit. And they're still operating out of a, a self selfish motive and it's building up their little empires, their little kingdoms, instead of the actual kingdom of the Father. Moses was, was faithful in all God's house. That represents the apostolic people whose souls are completely offered to the Father in them to be burnt with Holy Spirit fire. I make my ministers flames of fire because they've offered their blood, their bloodlines, their ancestral curses, everything of their genealogies, everything of their tendencies, and everything that's familiar to them, everything of their culture, Everything of their family, everything that's, you know, that they live with and everything of the natural realm has been offered in the blood and they've offered their souls to live out of the kingdom culture of the Father, to demonstrate what it is to be of the heavenly realm, like a colony of heaven, <laughs> to be ambassadors of a third heaven world to a fallen world that doesn't know anything about the Father's righteousness. And they're stuck in their own brain, in their own hand, trying to be Christians by their own self-efforts, and they don't even practice any righteousness. And we have an immature Christian church that thinks that the gifts are the, the pinnacle of Christianity. And it's not even the beginning of righteousness. That's not, even the, that's not even the beginning of practicing righteousness. The gifts is like you could still operate in all the gifts of the Spirit and be a total infant in Christ. 
you could still be raising the dead. You could raise 500 people from the dead, from, from even a skeletal state, and still be an infant in Christ. How is that possible? Because your soul can tap into the anointing and do works. There is nothing mature about doing works. Nothing at all. I mean, you're not going to find it anywhere in the New Testament. It's not biblical. Now, works are good, and we heal the sick, and we raise the dead, and we cleanse the lepers, but it doesn't mean you're mature in Christ. Maturity in Christ is practicing righteousness, which is mostly what Father God does. Father God sits on a throne, and His Spirit is out there doing the works. Have you sat down in the Messiah on His throne, on the great white throne, for every overcomer sits on the white throne? Revelation 2 and 3, there's nine overcomers' gifts, and when you overcome yourself, when you overcome you, and the Father has taken you over because of a constant burning of the Holy Spirit fire as a living sacrifice offered every single day, and when you're overcome with the Father, that's when you sit down and become co-workers with Christ in His ability when you share in His ability to rule and reign over the nations. Revelation 5.10, And they will sit with me on my throne, and they will rule from the heavenly sphere over the earth for a thousand years. I mean, you can't do that in the gifts. I mean, you could pray in tongues for your whole lifetime, but you'll still not rule from the heavenly sphere because you have to learn righteousness, and righteousness comes about by revelations of the abilities of the Father in you and by the sacrifice of your blood and your brain to the greater one in you and the repentance from he who's in the world or the light sources in the world that still keep you limited to your natural ability. The glory has no limit limitations whatsoever. The glory has unlimited ability. It's based on your faith. Revelations of the Father's ability are what causes your mind to explode with light and illuminates your inner man and renews your mind to the abilities of God the Father in you. And so it no longer becomes about me doing works. I'm no longer a Martha. It becomes about Christ doing the works. I'm a Mary. And you'll find you know, a hundred Marthas to every one Mary, and Mary has chosen the better portion, and it shall not be taken from her, it is written. Mary chose to rely on Christ and be intimate with Christ, and the outflowing of that intimacy is the river of life. There's a lot of people that want to be workers, but very few that are willing to sacrifice their entire inner man to let the Father be King of kings and Lord of lords through their bodies. And when you start preaching on this stuff, people will call it pride all day long. They say, you need to do works. You need to come out into this Martha zone and really demonstrate that you're actually a, a slave like us to the flesh so that we you know, impress us with some stuff so we have something to support here. And that's how you have just so many people stuck in an immature state because it's still flesh-based Christianity and not Father God internal-based Christianity. It's still infancy in Christ. The mature things of God... It's so wild because I'm growing in all this stuff as I'm preaching it to you every day for years. And you become so less aware of yourself that you don't even know that you're growing in maturity. Until it's like, you know, people can feel the exuding power of the Father in you and people get blasted all the time. But you're, you're so sacrificed in your blood and in your brain that the Father, I mean, you, I feel insignificant every day. I feel like, man, I don't have anything. I feel like I'm a baby every day. And that's true humility is sacrificing all of yourself and your self-awareness and your, and your human abilities to the Father's fire. And you're only aware of the Father. And you just see how much growing up you have to do into the Father. And it's a fun thing to do, but 
you're not aware of your maturity when you start to practice righteousness. You're not. You can get around other people, and righteousness is a jealous, consuming fire. And so when people start practicing external religion around you, righteousness pounces on it. I mean, John the Baptist was violent. You know, he preached about the violence. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and violent people take hold of it. And he said, you brood of vipers, have, what have you come here to do to escape certain hell? What, John the Baptist? There was zero people-pleasing in John the Baptist's ministry in the Bible, and Jesus Christ said he was the Elijah of his first coming. The spirit of Elijah is that river of life that you get so consumed with the Father's inward righteousness, the Son of righteousness rising with healing in his beams, that you are jealous if any other star system or religious son comes around in self-righteousness like these brood of vipers, you violently attack it. And, it. and people think that you're being mean to them, you're actually guarding the holy of holies that you're practicing internally. You're guarding this inner realm of intimacy with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit inside you. John the Baptist walked in such holiness and righteousness, he was con continuously guarding this realm that he had in relationship with God. From the religious that came and had the appearance of good, and they were the heroes of Israel, deceiving the whole world with religion, and he, and he called them demons. He called them vipers. He told them they were going to hell. I mean, it's just, there's nothing nice about righteousness. And so righteousness is often considered, you're a mean person. You're a nasty person. And no, you're guarding the holy holies. Were the cherubim mean and nasty when they didn't let Adam and Eve back into the garden of glory? Back into the third heaven? No, they weren't mean. They were just doing their job. They were guarding the holy of holies. They were guarding the glory realm. So when you start to guard the pearl of great price and you don't throw your pearls before swine of people that, that really, truly don't want to change internally, you know, you will be accused of everything in the book. You're not being nice. You're not loving. But their love is phileo. Their love is worldly love. It's based on the conditioning of the brain and, and believing the same doctrines and theologies. But it's not based on a star system of fire. So it's fake and phony false love. When you start repenting and practicing righteousness, you'll see love is fire. Love is like solar flares. And anyone that comes close to it to try to put out the love of the fire of the third heaven burning in your heart, you're jealous to guard it. Because you've already tasted hell of the religious realm and the natural realm, and you're not going back into bondage to the fallen angels no matter what. I know John the Baptist was excommunicated from the synagogue for years before the Pharisees would come out and visit him because people started following him. He was outside the religious system. I'm not going back into religion. I'm done with religion. I'm going to practice righteousness. I'm going to practice the spirit and the power of Elijah and the river of life. I'm done with organized religion. I'm done with Kabbalah and magic arts. I'm done with carnal Christianity. I'm done with the star Remphon. And I'm done with the tabernacle of Molech. Read Acts chapter 7 and Stephen with the glowing face and how he rebukes the earthly Sanhedrin as being the servants of the fallen angels. That's what the Bible says. And when you start to serve God in the glory internally, you'll have conflict with those who pretend to be God's people, but in fact serve the fallen angels every single day. The righteous suffer violence. And people get offended by it because they're not suffering violence because they're not practicing righteousness. And so, oh, so the prideful realm is like, I'm not being persecuted. What am I doing wrong? Don't talk about the sufferings of the forerunners in the wilderness outside of organized religion. Don't talk about the negative things. Oh, I'm going to talk about it. Because people need to repent. 
People need to come out of the shelters of man unto the shelterless top of the mountain of transfiguration. People need to have God the Father as their Father and not men and women. People need to get all the religion out of their hearts and out of their minds and start practicing righteousness. People need to repent with all their souls, return to the river, and learn how to drink the cup of salvation. Learn how to drink the cup of the new covenant. It's time to repent of religion and practice righteousness. And I tell you the truth, when people start to do it, they're going to get so happy. They're going to get so blessed. It's everything you're looking for anyway. It's not hard. It's fun. Practicing righteousness is being with dad all the time internally. And your father is a good father. He's a perfect father. He's a holy father. He doesn't have one negative thing in store for you. But if we are not connected to him, then we're not being fathered by him. He's the father of glory. Is your glory getting fathered? Are you going from glory to glory? Are you receiving the wisdom and the revelation of Him and intimate knowledge of Him in your internal man and knowing the Father of glory. See, that's the ultimate victory. That's the ultimate overcoming of the world is having your inner man fathered by God, the Father of glory, and you're so glorified internally that you've overcome the natural realm. That's what it means to overcome the world. When the Father of glory has fathered your spirit, into full spiritual stature and renewed your mind to the Father's fullness in your inner man. And it overcomes your brain and your outer man and your cup begins to overflow. When your cup overflows, you're touching everyone with the third heaven. That's the sun of righteousness rising with healing in his beams. Those are the beams of the light of the morning star that removes the other lights of religion that have influence in people's souls that limit them to a natural state of being on the face of the earth. It is a a war of stars. And in the morning star, there is unity of all the two-thirds of the angels. But in the Christians, we don't have enough revelation, so we got 100,000 different denominations. Everyone's got an opinion about everything. Everyone's got ideas about everything. But when the fire of the bright and morning star burns up your blood and burns up your brains, we'll have unity of the brethren. When we we begin to practice righteousness, the sun of righteousness and the solar flares of revelation will burn up everyone's opinions, everyone's ideas, everyone's doctrines and everyone's theologies and will rally around the great white throne on earth as it is in heaven. This hasn't happened yet, but we're pioneering it. We're forerunning it. For all Christian souls to revolve around the bright morning star instead of the second heaven sons of religion that have deceived the whole world. To repent of external religion and start practicing the internal sun of righteousness. The internal bright and morning star. So that our days can dawn in the light of the glory of the third heaven and all the other thieves of the natural realm can be evicted out of the earth. There's only going to be one sun for all life on earth. The sun of righteousness, Jesus Christ, the bright morning star. That's how we'll have world peace. That's how we'll have unity of the brethren. When everyone's hearts and minds are judged by the great white throne judgment seat of Christ. And it's not a bad judgment. It's a cleansing judgment of all the religion that's in our spirit, in our souls, in our minds, and in our bodies to set us free for the kingdom of heaven to be on earth. In the name of Jesus Christ. Partner with Red Letter Ministries, redletterman.com. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Amen.